Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. Sure do appreciate you joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. As always, I'm grateful for that. I know y'all have other things that you could be doing. For those of y'all that keep coming back and listening to the podcast, thank you. For those of y'all that share the podcast and tell others about it, thank you. For those of y'all that talk to me about the podcast, uh, thank you. I'm very grateful. Appreciate it. And I'll try and use your time wisely. On the homestead, it has gotten a little chillier for a few consecutive days, maybe, although it continues to warm up pretty good during the day, so still doesn't, feels kind of like fall. We might get a little, a little bit of fall here right at the very end (laughs) before we go screaming into winter. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you, Father, and your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your love and your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness of our sins through the merit of your Son, Jesus Christ. Not through anything we do or can do. Help us to remember that. But to remember also that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. Nothing that can separate us from your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to remember too, Lord, that especially in this country that so many of us love so much, that you are the reason that we have been great if at any time we have been. And and that going away from you are the times that have caused us to do wrong and hurt. Help us to turn back to you as a nation. And guide my words here, Father, please. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. We've got a couple more. It feels like we just just started all this back in November, the Thanksgiving proclamations and the Christmas. And it feels like that every year. It goes so fast. And you look up, and it's done. And I always feel a little bit sad uh, each year when we do this. And just kind of in general, I think there's a lot of people when you get toward the end, especially today, folks, uh, we're going to get into one more of, in fact, I think it's the very last one before he died, uh, Christmas message to the nations from uh, Roosevelt, FDR. But 
there's something to be said here about why why do we get kind of let down at the end of Christmas and and I, there's probably a lot of thoughts I could put forth but I, I think of three on the top of my head one um, is it maybe because we rush through from one thing to the next to the next Christmas right we just try and cram everything in. We try and go to every party, get every single thing done that we're supposed to get done. To the point where it takes all of the joy and peace out of the season. Really going back to Thanksgiving too. With Thanksgiving, I think it's more that we don't really focus on giving thanks to God. We focus on parades and football games and food. And maybe you can make the same argument with Christmas. We're not really focusing on Christ, but all the things, presents, celebrations, parties. The second point is maybe, just maybe, we're not supposed to celebrate Christ once a year. You know, I think about this, this is not nearly as important as our individual relationship with Christ, but on the podcast, you know, why can't I read some of these comments in May or March or August? Why do we have to wait to this one time of year? To really focus on Jesus Christ and celebrate Him and His life and death and resurrection. Of course, that goes with Easter more than, than His birth at Christmas. But maybe we're kind of missing the point. Uh, you know, <laughs> the marriage analogy yet again. It's almost like God knew what he was doing when he compared the relationship between Christ and the church uh, to the husband and wife or said that those were just alike in some ways. If you only pay attention to your spouse once a year, what would happen to your marriage? So, some of us out there know. <laughs> some of us have seen Sadly, in our own or in others, what happens? I mean, really, what happens when you just pay attention to your spouse once a week, even? It's not very pretty. And you can easily make the argument that as soon as we stop focusing on our spouse, even on a day-to-day -day basis, our marriage, our world kind of gets off. Uh, and some of us have done it for so long that it doesn't feel off anymore unless we think about it and then we realize how off it really is, right? Uh, but And you see it in others. A lot of times it's easier to see in others than it is in ourselves. You look at other marriages 
and you see people and the way they treat each other and you just go, my, my goodness, can they not see that? Can they not see all the pain that they're causing by ignoring their spouse or treating their spouse that way, right? Uh, you can see it in our country. My goodness, can we not look around and see the direct correlation between our relationship with God, the strength of that relationship, and the strength of our nation? And yet we don't seem to. And so, you know, maybe that's the point that God's trying to get, maybe, is, hey, you, you really have to pay attention to this relationship with me all the time. You can't just focus on it once or twice a year. And maybe that's why we get a little down at the end of Christmas because we're going back into this time where we're not going to pay attention to him. You know, I've, I've often wondered that about church. Why, why is the week so long sometimes? Because we go to church and then, and then we leave church and we go out in the world and we, and we act like we never went to church in the first place. And then we're desperate to get back into, to hear the preacher talking about God's word, to be around other people, other believers. And the last thing is, is real short. I'm just going to mention the comment and kind of move on and let y'all mull it over. What does it say about our public education system or really our education system in general, that our kids dread going back to school after Christmas break and after summer too. You can't chalk all of that up. You can't chalk 100% of that up to kids being kids. That won't, that won't fly. And maybe this is even more uncomfortable for some of us. What does it say about us as adults and parents that we're happy to send our kids back away from home? Because you sure can't chalk all of that up to wanting what's, quote, best, unquote, for our kids. Just a little thought. We'll get into that some more later. I'm going to try and get through this. This is uh, December 24th, 1944. This is the last address, Christmas address to the nation that FDR gave, <clears throat> it's not easy to say Merry Christmas to you, my fellow Americans, in this time of destructive war, nor can I say Merry Christmas lightly tonight to our armed forces at their battle stations all over the world, or to our allies who fight by our side. Here at home, we celebrate the Christmas Day in our traditional American way, because of its deep spiritual meaning to us, because the teachings of Christ are fundamental to our lives and because we want our youngest generation to grow up knowing the significance of this tradition and the story of the coming of the immortal Prince of Peace and Goodwill. 
But in perhaps every home in the United States, sad and anxious thoughts will be continually with the millions of our loved ones who are suffering hardships and misery, and who are risking their very lives to preserve for us and for all mankind the fruits of his teachings and the foundations of civilization itself. The Christmas spirit tonight in the bitter cold of the front lines in Europe and in the heat of the jungles and swamps of Burma and the Pacific Islands. Even the roar of our bombers and fighters in the air and the guns of our ships at sea will not drown out the messages of Christmas which come to the hearts of our fighting men. The thoughts of these men tonight will turn to us here at home around our Christmas trees, surrounded by our children, and grandchildren, and their Christmas stockings and gifts, just as our own thoughts go out to them tonight and every night in their distant places. We all know how anxious they are to be home with us, and they know how anxious we are to have them, and how determined every one of us is to make their day of homecoming as early as possible. And above all, they know the determination of all right-thinking people and nations, that Christmases, such as those that we have known in these years of world tragedy, shall not come again to beset the souls of the children of God. This generation has passed through many recent years of deep darkness, watching the spread of the poison of Hitlerism and fascism in Europe. The growth of imperialism and militarism in Japan and the final clash of war all over the world. Then came the dark days of the fall of France and the ruthless bombing of England and the desperate battle of the Atlantic and of Pearl Harbor and Corregidor, and Singapore. Since then, the prayers of men and women and children the world over have been answered. The tide of battle has turned slowly, but inexorably, against those who sought to destroy civilization. On this Christmas day, we cannot yet say when our victory will come. Our enemies still fight fanatically. They still have reserves of men and military power. But they themselves know that they and their evil works are doomed. We may hasten the day of their doom if we here at home continue to do our full share. And we pray that that day may come soon. We pray that until then God will protect our gallant men and women in the uniforms of the United Nations, and that he will receive into his infinite grace those who make their supreme sacrifice in the cause of righteousness, in the cause of love of him and his teachings. We pray that with victory will come a new day of peace on earth, in which all nations of the earth will join together for all time, that is the spirit of Christmas, the holy day. 
may that spirit live and grow throughout the world in all the years to come. Ha! Ah, uh, there's a lot. We'll see. We've only got a few minutes left. We'll get through what we can get through today and we'll come back and talk to it. Uh, about it a little bit more. Um, this first paragraph, it's not easy to say Merry Christmas because they were in the middle of a war and we were winning the war at this point or, or the tide was, yeah, I mean, we were, we were winning at this point. We knew we were going to win. Everybody knew we were going to win. And yet we still had some huge casualty lists that were going to come in. Uh, because our enemies weren't stopping. Uh, you know, it's kind of the story of a caged animal, right, or a cornered animal. When you really back them into a corner, they fight the hardest. And Germany and Japan, they knew they were losing. Uh, but they had no intention of giving up. You know, Japan got to the point toward the end of the war where they were even training women and children to fight in case we invaded mainland Japan. Uh, so you understand, and I think probably I'm going to go through two more little points here uh, about this, and then we'll, we'll come back and talk about it. I don't want to rush through it tomorrow. One thing I meant to mention earlier about rushing through Christmas, and this ties in, I promise, is the other night, my father and I were sitting out by a fire. My daughter's running back and forth at different times. And I had made a point, and this is not to pat myself on the back at all, folks. It's If anything, it's condemning that it took me this long to get to this point. Uh, and I'm not even sure I'm there completely yet. But I, I left my phone inside purposefully. And a couple things happened. One, I, I looked up at some point in the conversation and realized how much more relaxed I was. Two, I realized that I hadn't missed my phone at all or the weight on my leg in my pocket. And then three, when I went back inside at one point to get something, snacks or drinks or whatever it was, I looked at my phone and I had quite a few text messages on my phone. And I realized that none of them were so important that I had to respond immediately, as we so often do as soon as a text message comes in. And this is really a much longer conversation, folks, about, about priorities and, and focused on screens above people. And we treat people like they're secondary, like they're appendages that, well, you just wait until I get done with this really important text or a screen or, or wait a minute, I need, I really need to see this free throw in this basketball game. You just sit right there and wait on my timing. This, this person on the screen that I don't know, they're way more important than you are, right? So anyway, part of our conversation that night as I said, it's a much longer conversation, was about war. And there's, uh, my father has been through it in 
Vietnam, and I've been through it a couple times. There's nothing romantic about it, folks. And these people in our country that are leading us straight to a civil war, uh, that's really condemning if you know anything about war. The fact that the left, just like Germany, just like Japan, demands on going down this path of destruction and evil. That ought to tell you just a little bit about them, folks. And please don't make the mistake of thinking that war is going to be some romantic movie that you just see the clips of. And if you have anybody in your family that you can, talk to them about it that has survived it, if they'll talk about it. God bless y'all folks. God bless your families, your marriages. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.